What is the favorite meal that you have ever had? I have a few meals that come to mind, but one that specifically stands out to me is the night that I got engaged to my wife, Samantha. I had just proposed, the ring was on her finger, and we were gonna celebrate at an incredible steak dinner at the revolving restaurant in downtown Cincinnati. There at sunset on the 20th floor, or 18th floor, whatever it was, it was really high up and so were my spirits. And so we were at the very top of this hotel and the restaurant rotated around the city. So on one side you saw the Ohio River, on the other side you saw downtown Cincinnati. Everything lit up, the sun was going down and everything seemed to be flickering off the diamond that I just placed on my fiance's finger. Now what made that meal incredible? Yes, the steak was awesome, but also it was the occasion and who I was with. Have you ever had a VIP dining experience? You know, I, I read about them and I hear about them, but you know, like maybe it's with a celebrity or, or uh, just a wealthy person who goes back and reserves that special table in the back and has full-on just catered service to every whim and desire that you could have while dining. What makes a great VIP dining experience is who is there and then what was the cost of the reservation? Well today, as we continue our series through Psalm 23, we're going to talk about the greatest meal you could ever have. Supper with the shepherd. So who is at this meal that makes it VIP? Well, it's the good shepherd himself, the creator of the world and the savior of your life. And what was the cost of the reservation? The cost was eternal because Jesus died on the cross it says in Corinthians that he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become righteous. In other words, the cost to make that reservation of that dining experience was his own life. We pick up our story in Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. You prepare a table before me. In shepherd's terms, they would lead sheep to flatlands for green pastures. Another word for flatland is mesa or table. And shepherds would go ahead of them and pull out the poisonous plants to prepare the table or the flatland for them. Now that's a really cool interpretation with regards to the shepherd and his sheep. But I believe in this particular case that David is going from the field to the valley to the home. And I say that because he uses words that are very personal. He continues talking to God in second person, referring to him personally and addressing him directly. And we see words like table, cup, and then in verse 6 he refers to dwelling in the house of the Lord. And so when you have that imagery of a table, a cup, a house, that literally brings the message home. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is how does God prepare a meal or a table before you in the presence of your enemies? 
One of the things that made that engagement dinner so special was the view that we had. Now this view seems really odd, doesn't it? You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. Now it seems weird until you recognize this truth. Jesus did not prepare this meal so that you can view your enemies. He did it in this location so that the enemies can see you. The enemies can look in and they realize that they can't touch you. That you belong to God. The fact that he prepared a table, prepared a feast for you, is so that the enemies and Satan and the evil spirits can look in and see, wow, he belongs or she belongs to the good shepherd and there is nothing that we can do. And when you're at that feast, it says that you anoint my head with oil. Now we've been talking throughout this series about those pesky flies that come into play. And it was the oil that was placed on the heads of the sheep that would keep them away. Also in religious circumstances and situations, people would be anointed with oil. So you combine those two metaphors and you see this incredible, powerful, cleansing picture that God anoints you, that He protects you with the oil or with His Spirit in your life. And when you have dinner with the Good Shepherd and He's anointed your head with oil, surely your cup will overflow. I think of another incredible meal when I've eaten at a Texas-Brazilian steakhouse. You've ever eaten at one of those? It's awesome. They literally give you a card that's green on one side and red on the other. And green means go, and yes, red means stop. Well, they served over the course of one meal 15 different cuts of meat and steak. Let me tell you, I never flipped my card over to red. Now, if you're not a meat eater, okay, think about the endless options of vegetables or whatever food that you love. But for me, steak, oh, I love it, okay? Now, having a meal with the Good Shepherd surrounded by your enemies seems crazy. But here is the truth to declare. Jesus prepares a feast in the middle of your fight. Jesus prepares a feast in the middle of your fight. So if you're battling something right now, if you feel surrounded by darkness, remember the previous verse was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And so it's just on the other side of that, or maybe even in that same valley that God prepares this table for you. He wants you to know that it's okay. He wants you to know that you're okay. And he wants you to feast on what he has for you, even in the middle of your fight. Now, this is an incredible truth to declare. But today, I want to give you a very specific action to apply. And it's this. Don't give Satan a seat. <laughs> Don't give Satan a seat. Previously, we've talked about knowing the shepherd trusting the shepherd, listening to the shepherd, and turning to the shepherd in difficult times. Of the six verses, this is the one defensive verse I'm going to offer to you. Don't give Satan a seat. He will not sit down at your table unless you let him. Imagine at that dinner with my fiance 
there at this incredible restaurant, the rotating view of the city at sunset. Imagine if I invited a stranger to join us. And not only did this stranger sit down next to me, this stranger would start eating my food and then start questioning our relationship. Can you imagine somebody I don't know taking a seat right next to me and start saying, hmm, now Samantha, do you really want to marry this guy? I think you can do better. <laughs> Aren't you guys a little young for this? Can you imagine how crazy that would be and how that would ruin a special night? But yet this is exactly what we do all the time. Jesus has prepared a feast in the middle of our fight. And not knowingly, we have invited Satan to sit down right next to us. Let me prove it to you. Have you ever had a thought that went like this? I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough. God could never use me. She could never love me. I'm never going to get that promotion. Gosh, everybody hates me. I hate everybody. If you've ever experienced negative talk, where do you think that comes from? It does not come from the good shepherd. It comes from the evil one. So the best way for you to avoid that negative talk, and we all do it, don't we? We all have that negative voice in our head. The best way to avoid that and to miss that is simply don't give Satan a seat. Don't let him sit down. He can watch you eat because Jesus prepared a table in the presence of your enemies. Jesus is not scared of your enemies and so you shouldn't be either. But if you're in the middle of a feast, in the middle of your fight, then do yourself a favor and do not give Satan a seat. Don't let him sit down and speak to you and get between you and the good shepherd who loves you. Don't let negative self-talk come between you and God. Don't let self-doubt and worry and anxiety and shame and guilt keep you from the life that God has called you to. So remember, that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Why? Because the rod of God's word, the staff of God's spirit, they comfort you. But then also, God has prepared a table for you. Yes, it's in the presence of your enemies, but it's not so you can see your enemies. It's so that your enemies can see you because they can't touch you if you don't give Satan a seat. Allow God to anoint your head with oil and may your cup overflow. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, when we go through difficult circumstances, you have invited us to the greatest feast, the greatest meal of all, to have a personal relationship with you. God, it was of greatest cost because that reservation cost you your life. And so may we choose to feast with you, to have relationship with you, and let us not allow Satan to take a seat let us not listen to the voices of guilt and shame and anxiety and worry and sinful habits and doubt. Instead, let us listen to your voice, the Good Shepherd. God, you said in John 10 that we will hear your voice. 
you know your own and that your own know you. And that's my prayer today, that we will hear your voice, that we will enjoy this feast, and that we will refuse to allow Satan to take a seat in our lives. Yes, he can watch from afar, but he cannot sit between you and I. Let us feast on your word. Let us connect with your spirit. And God, let us live in your love. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Don't give Satan a seat this week. Enjoy the feast that God has prepared you. And I promise you, you will continue to find that peace that you've been looking for.